0: Friday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 196 of Shut Up and Grind. I'm rolling solo today because my scheduled guest had to cancel. So today we're going to talk about five steps to turn trauma into an inspirational story. So now, before I get into it, I want to just state that this is not to replace medical advice or medical attention. So if you're someone that you're on that side of it, This is not for you. So this one is where you're at the point where you're ready to tell your story, but you're not quite sure how. Okay, so that's what this is for. I'm only talking about the storytelling part of dealing with past trauma. All right, so if you are new to the show, you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're joining me on Facebook, please like and share. If you're joining me on the podcast platforms, please leave me a review over there as well. All right, sorry, I'm just pulling up the live stream here in case people have questions as I'm going through. So this will be about 15 to 20 minutes. You know, I don't do a full hour when I'm solo. All right, so we're going to dive right in. So the first thing is in dealing with trauma, it doesn't have to be something major. It could be something as switching careers, you know, switch switching jobs. You know, it could be dealing with the loss of a loved one. It could be getting out of a bad relationship you know there's so many different things that happen to people, but there's power in all of those stories. so once you once you get over the initial incident that happened, there's a lot there's a lot of things left over that can be used to inspire other people, you know coming out of that past trauma, that past hurt. And so if you guys listen to the show on the regular, you know, I talk about the passing of my dad a lot. I talk about, taking the leap from leaving the security of the restaurant industry and then going into the entrepreneur space where I really didn't have a business background like that, that was a big deal as well. You know, making the decision to stop paying for my house so I could fund my fitness, my fitness aspiration. So like like there's a lot of things that people go through in their life, but it's not, like I said, it's not so much what happened. It's what happened next that's where the magic is. So, let's break into this. So, first step is you got to fully accept what happened. And this is something I'm working with my sister on, you know, in 2016 she had a brain aneurysm burst and she's just not to the point to where she she's accepted that that has happened. And now there's no right or wrong length of time. I mean, people people, you know, deal how they deal. And so Like, I don't try to tell her, you should be this, you should be that. It's just like, when you're ready, there's a lot of stuff that you have within what happened to you these past few years that are very powerful and that are very inspirational. But you have to fully accept what happened. And like, back to me with my knee, when, you know, when that happened and my kneecap separated and went, you know, a few inches up my, my quadricep, I had a choice to make. So I can't change what happened, like what happened, happened. And the diagnosis that I got, I can't change what that doctor said to me, telling me I would never run a jump again. But I just took it day by day. Okay, so this happened, took it day by day. And those first few weeks were super, super painful. And that's like coming out of any level of trauma in the initial stages. The pain is real. You know, the pain is real. And like I said, there's no right or wrong amount of time to grieve or to process what happened. But once you're ready to start telling your story and start moving on from what happened, the first step is you got to fully accept what happened. And the big thing is to not blame yourself. So I get that one a lot as I'm working with people is that they feel a lot of guilt over what what has happened. And you you can accept what happened, and the the biggest way to get over the guilt and again i'm talking to you from a storytelling perspective like not from a medical perspective is to write out exactly what happened like even if you don't share that with anyone else just get get a journal get a notebook and just write out what happened and more importantly write out what you were feeling in those moments cuz it's in th- it's in those moments where things are going to Start unfolding where you start seeing where the power is in that story, all right. So, again, going back to when my father passed, you know, it's very easy to just say it. It was sad for me. It was sad for my family. Like now, I'm not going to talk about how anyone else in my family processed it. I'm just going to talk about how I processed it, and it was just I just focused on my dad. Like I know he didn't want to be you know, 95 years old and with a cane or not being able to do things on, on his own. Like, he always said that for as long as I can remember. He always said that. And so as he was starting to starting to get sick, and I was like, this is, this is going to be his time. So I was already mentally preparing. But now when it comes to loss, there's different levels. Because some people don't get that luxury of knowing that it's coming. Like one of my clients got a phone call that her father just suddenly passed. Like that's a completely different level because they were blindsided. But but even still, once you get through the grieving process and you're ready to talk about it again, the first step is fully accept what happened. Write write it out. Write out how you felt, and don't leave anything out. Like write out exactly how you felt. Were you angry? Were you upset? Were you hurt? Did you feel any guilt? Because recognizing those feelings is very key to moving forward, right? And for organizing the story. So that goes into number two is organize all of the emotions that were felt. So again, as I'm working with people and I let them tell, tell, me, tell me their story at first, and then I go back and I help them expand on the story. And one of the biggest parts that people struggle with is organizing the emotions. And don't leave anything out because when you're storytelling – the more authentic, the better. You know, so more people are going to resonate with you. So if you're telling a story that brings you to tears, let it bring you to tears. Don't try to fight it. So because if I go into the intimate details of my dad getting sick and passing, if I like if I go the whole story, I can't get through the entire thing without getting choked up. I mean, he's my dad. I had him for 45 years. You know I mean? We had a great relationship. So there's nothing wrong with that. And for people who saying saying men don't like to cry, men have tear ducts. If we weren't meant to cry we wouldn't have tear ducts just like men don't have milk milk glands so we can't bre- we can't breastfeed like that's something we can't do you know so we have tear ducts because we are meant to cry so it's okay so just put whatever emotions that you were felt into the story cuz whoever you're trying to inspire they're going to resonate with that the more authentic that it is and i kind of touched on this too and write out how you began to move forward Okay, so what happened, happened. How did you pick up the pieces, right? So I was working with a woman who in her 20s, her first love committed suicide right in front of her. And so that was, that was a tough hour in working with her because she had to relive it over again. But we were able to go through and pluck out all the teachable moments and how she was able to pick up the pieces and how she dealt with the nightmares and how she dealt with hearing the gunshot and how she dealt with the reality of what happened. Cause that all of that stuff is where the inspiration is. So to just hear what initially she went through on the surface, it's like, oh my God, like I would never be able to talk about that. And that's all the more reason why you want to talk about that. Because there's other people who think like that. So when you can process what you went through and pluck out those teachable moments, your story has now just shifted from trauma to inspiration. And so now you can help someone else who who's maybe not at the place where you are. And by sharing your story, you can help them get to the place where you are. Even you can possibly keep people from, from taking their own lives. So again, if you've listened to this show on the regular, I tell a story, about, but I guess I had on Cassandra who suffers from systemic lupus and the doctors basically told her there's really nothing else they can do. It's kind of like if your eye twitches, right? There's, there's nothing they can do. You just have to deal with the eye twitch. So, So systemic lupus is very taxing on the body. And so she turned to food and holistic healing to help reverse the effects. And she started sharing her story. She got a spot on TV, I believe it was in Ohio, and a woman saw the episode and I think it was like a week or two later, the woman reached out to her and said, in hearing your story, I now have the courage to continue living because she was on the verge of taking her own life. So that's how powerful it is to take what happened to you, find those teachable moments, and get your story out there. Because there's someone out there that needs to hear your story like only you can tell it. Like, I tell my sister's story all the time about when um, she had the brain aneurysm burst. But I told her, it's like this. I mean, I tell it in a pretty powerful way. I said, But it, it's nothing compared to when you're ready to tell it. But like I said, she's not there yet. But, uh, oh, my God. Like, there's just so much, so much, so much power in these stories. I can't even... Can't even get into it. All right. So, the big one here, and especially depending on the level of the trauma, is what positive lessons did you learn? And again, I'll go back to the passing of my dad. is The lesson was that it wasn't about me. No, it was about him. It was about him. You know, what did he leave behind? You know, what. what teachings did he leave behind? What words of wisdom? What funny one-liners? What photos? What memories? What moments? You know, and, and I just leaned into all of the good because going back to number one, you have to fully accept what happened. And so, all right, so he, he passed on. He's not coming back. How do I move forward? You know, how do I move forward? Well, so obviously in the initial moment, it was super emotional, but I was also super grateful that I got to hug him, thank him, and tell him that I love him. You know, so again, not everyone gets that chance when they're de- dealing with loss, but I'm grateful that we had that chance. We had three generations of us around him, so we got that chance. So it's very easy, and that – I can't even say it's very, very easy because uh, some of my sim- siblings didn't take it the same way as I did, so I don't want to generalize. But for me and the way I processed it, it was easy to pluck out the positive – lessons and so when I talk about about his passing I do it in a very very gratuitous way in a very inspirational way in a very motivational way you know versus the sadness part and the sadness is there do I miss the man of course I do you know but I'm I'm also just just glad that he's not in pain I'm glad he didn't suffer I'm glad he didn't make it into 2020 because then he would have been alone and we wouldn't have been able to see him we wouldn't have been able to have a funeral for him you know so i'm just very very grateful at the way things turned out so there's a lot of positive lessons there and so even with going back to the woman who's who witnessed who witnessed the suicide you would think you know there's nothing positive there but at the end of the hour it wasn't so much about what happened it was about how she moves forward that's where the positive lessons were and how she dealt with just the horrors of what happened. Like, I like I couldn't imagine someone that I loved doing that. And so, but but that's the power in the story. So I, the more she told it, the more she got comfortable telling it and it was giving me goosebumps just listening to her. So like, so don't think that your story is so messy that it can't be inspirational because that's so far from the truth. Because again, don't focus on what happened, focused on how you moved forward. And then the last one, did, did I not make the fifth one? No, I guess not. So the last one is who needs to hear your story, right? Let me, Let me write, write it in so it's on the screen, All right? Is who needs to hear your story. And so when I talk about the story of my knee injury, you know, like that's a story of overcoming an obstacle, you know, having the knee injury itself, you know, defying the odds, being told I would never run or jump again, and then who needs to hear it? Anyone that struggles with perseverance in belief. So so I can talk to athletes. I can talk to people who are coming out of a divorce. And you would think, how does a knee injury and divorce? correlate? you'll be surprised. They do because they both take steps to healing. You know, so that, that's the power and the beauty of storytelling is that they all intertwine. You know, yes, there's different levels of pain. There's different levels of hurt. But the journey to healing is the same, you know. So when you learn to tell your stories, you know, so me learning to walk again is just like someone coming out of out of a divorce, learning to be single. You know, there's there's steps there, especially if you've been married a long time. Like my mother just posted t- today that she had to shovel, shovel the driveway with with the uh, what do you call it with the snowblower? And she never had to do it. She's 70 years old. She never had to do it because dad always did it. And, you know, when we were younger, we always did it, us kids did. So that's something that she had to learn for the first time, you know, so so there's steps. And when I first came home from the hospital, I had a walker. It's like I, I couldn't even use crutches. I had a walker. So there were steps I had to take to be able to get to where I am now, coming off of, of, of a loss. There's steps you have to take, like I just said, with divorce, with leaving a long-time career, losing your job, or even deciding to retire, There's steps you have to take to adjust. So that's the beauty of storytelling is that no matter how irrelevant you think your story is, that's not the case. Like your story is relevant. Your story is powerful. And your story needs to be told because like I said, there's somebody right now that's just sitting around and just a cloud of doubt and a cloud of just non-belief in hearing you tell your story in a powerful way can help set that person free. So that's all I got for you for today. Have a great day.